What's up? You good? On our play for this week, is Gears of War dropping a big announcement at Xbox's Developer Direct? Will PlayStation or Nintendo be the first to show off their games next, now that Xbox has gone first? Hmm? Will T-Pain buy us all a drink in GTA 6? We'll see. Sega is bringing even more classics. (laughs) Sega is bringing even more classics to us. All this and more on Season 8, Episode 2 of Press X Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, CJ, a.k.a. A.k.a. almost choked there. Jeez. Um, yeah, I am joined by... On MF Raw. <laughs> what does the MNF stand for? I want all our listeners to be more like Coretta Scott King. <laughs> Listen to our podcast and put their friends onto it. Yes. And also and, Michelle Obama and watch the, uh, watch the video. Yes. yes. In the most respectful way, though. In the most respectful way. If you way, know, you know. <laughs> all right. Now you know who we are and what, you, what we want you to be like. Yes. Press X Star Gamers Digest is a video podcast that gets the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every, well, we'll figure that out. Um, we're going to be in a little bit of a transitional period because uh, Sean's family is introducing another bundle of joy into their lives. So we'll be flexible, we'll figure it out, and then once we get a thing rolling, we'll let you guys know. Don't forget, though. You can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and the notification bell. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want, you can join our conversation by joining our Discord at pressxmintustart.com slash Discord. And about that Discord. So, I guess as you consider it's like a little announcement, but it's kind of too late to do it because, you know, we're actually starting already. Um... We're actually doing a cool thing where usually in the past years we've participated in the Fancy Critic League, but we've just kept it to the cast members. Uh, this year we're actually extending out to the Discord channel. So we're getting participants who are in the channel to compete with us in drafting games and trying to uh, come out on top in terms of review scores from Open Critic. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, you could do stuff like that with us if you join our Discord, but you didn't join our Discord, so you missed out. But what I will give you is the gaming news. Number one, Xbox to present Developer Direct returning on January 18th. This comes from Xbox Wire. All right. So this is from The Wire. The Wire, Xbox Wire. You are about to get an exciting look at some of the incredible games ahead with Xbox as we present a new edition of Developer Direct. On Thursday, January 18th, there's a bunch of times, but Eastern time is 3 p.m. You know, 12 p.m. if you're specific time. UK time, 8 p.m. Unfortunate. Fans will get an inside look at a selection of highly anticipated games coming to Xbox Series X, S, PC, and Game Pass. Shortly after, ZeniMax Online Studios will host the Elder Scrolls Online 2024 Global Reveal at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UK. To preview 2024's biggest update. Interesting, big update. Yeah, like, it's really nice, good, to see that um, The Elder Scrolls Online is still kicking. 
because that started, I want to say maybe 20, maybe 2010, 2011. Because back when I was testing at Bethesda, I think they had just started that up. So that game's going for a very long time. Um, in terms of it doing well, I don't know. I don't really hear much at all from that game, but it could be a thing of like, you know, we don't hear much about Madden, but yeah. Madden's stable. Yeah. So I don't know. That's cool though. Um, yeah. So from this direct, we're going to see the game that they have announced that we're going to be seeing is the Indiana Jones game, which is coming from Machine Games. If you don't know who Machine Games are, they are the developers of Wolfenstein. And if you know what Wolfenstein is, you know that that is a probably one of the premier first person like story driven games. Um, so for them to be taking on Indiana Jones is really cool, but also interesting in that uh, we'll talk about a little later. Um, next up, we have Obsidian's Irvine offices working on Avowed. Uh, we saw some of this last year. The reception yeah. of it was kind of mixed in that um, some people thought it looked kind of dated, and then other people were like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. So we'll see. Uh, then we have Oxide, Oxide Games, which is uh, in Maryland. Shout out. Uh, they're oh, actually yeah. in Baltimore I'm specifically. Watching. Oh, oh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's really awesome. Um, they're going to be showing off our uh, history untold. Um, I've never heard of this game, so I think this is going to be just a completely new game that we're going to see from them. Um, I actually looked at their website, and it seems to be a forex game, which is like a Civilization or Age of Empire that kind of style of game. Mm. Um. And then we have Cambridge, England, who's going to be showing us uh, Senua Saga's Hellblade 2, Ninja Theory, of course. Um, we've seen a lot of that game last year. We, some people thought it was coming. Um, it looks really strong. I think out of these four games, it's definitely a lineup. Uh, Sean, what do you think about this, this lineup? All of the same for me, but I may check it out if I pick up like a month long Game Pass thing since I got a new Samsung TV with the, you know, <laughs> Samsung gaming hub, all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a really strong lineup for the Xbox people. I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of like question marks, right? Because I think we haven't seen Indiana Jones and that's the biggest like hit or miss. So either the game will be first person or third person. We don't even know that part. And, you know, machine games, most of their best games are first person. And to have a first person Indiana Jones kind of seems like a weird thing. There's going to there maybe there'll be platforming because he has the whip. So it's like, is that something that you handle in first person? Doom did a good job with platforming the the recent the doom 2016 and yeah, eternal yeah, doom yeah, eternal there you go yeah they did a good job with platforming but it's just like do you even bother with that or you just go third person because that's going to be the easier thing to do 
I think and, they will know. go third person just because you want the familiarity of his whip and his hat. Um, right. I think you're able to do more cutscenes because that's what will attract people to. Granted, you can do cutscenes in first, but you know, with first person games, but yeah, I'm thinking more like, uh, you know, the newer Laura Croft games are Uncharted, which is basically what this is going to be, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. In that, in that telling... Uncharted and, and Laura Croft came from Indiana Jones. Yeah, but I mean, more so the style of gameplay, the presentation of it. Um, because if they're doing an entirely new story, nothing's going to be familiar but Indiana Jones. So I would think you would mm-hmm. want that in third person but we'll we'll see we'll see yeah um so i'm not actually real quick we'll we'll just tie this in here because i think this makes sense speaking of new story um this came from kotaku by way of john walker but that's an indiana jones indiana jones game may finally have a name so uh twitter sleuth mm, caracas 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 whatever yeah sure they figured out the name of bethesda's upcoming indiana jones game video game and well, it's right up there with the with Howler's like Knights of the uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny, according to a bunch of URLs recently registered by the rights holder Lucas Films. The name likely looks to be Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. So it seems like you are right on track in terms of you know there'll probably be a lot of cutscenes with this. They're trying to make this as AAA as possible. Um, and I think it probably makes the most sense to make this game a third person game. So we'll see. And I think the not the hesitance, but like the difficulty in making it third person is that well, now you're going to be competing with Uncharted, and like Uncharted was the king of set pieces, and it's like you got it, you got to step up to that, or else the game, or else it's going to be like oh, this Indiana Jones is. An Indiana Jones game, but it's it Uncharted is a better Indiana Jones game. It's like that's gonna be hard to compete with, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see um about uh I don't know. I this is this is coming from Insidian, like they made the quote unquote best Fallout game. And apparently there was news that they always wanted to do Spin off New Vegas or something. New Vegas, yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I, as a person who don't play Fallout games, that's what I've yeah. I've heard from a couple people, and it's just like, all right, uh, sure, I'm <laughs> <laughs> for it. Right. Um, you know, there, there, so there was news broke that um, internally when they spoke to Bethesda, this was at this point, this was years ago. They always wanted to make um, spinoff games from Skyrim, but Bethesda said no to it. And it seems like this is their chance to make that like long-awaited spinoff kind of game with a vow. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. I think the beauty of Skyrim was never the graphics, but just the things you can do in that Freedom. sandbox that made it, yeah, that made it like fun and interesting. The only issues is that we're kind of past that in terms of there are way more interesting and you know better looking sandbox games out there so it's like what is a value going to do to really stand out other than just being 
Xbox's version Beautiful. of this. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, Aria history untold. We really don't know too much about that. So it's kind of a big question mark. And then Hellblade yeah. 2. I feel like the way that Xbox is positioning this, it's looking to be like their um, The Last of Us in terms of this is their big triple, maybe even quadruple like level prestige game. We've seen a lot of it last year. We've, I guess we've seen gameplay, but it's like there's no HUD to be like, oh, this is truly gameplay kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. I, I didn't play the first one, so I don't even know what the HUD looks like to say like, like how close um, what we saw from two was like what is in one. So I don't know, but we'll see on Thursday. Um, so yeah, so with this being said, there was also news around the, devel- the developer direct being yeah. that number. Well, I guess this is a, a subsection of the story, so no, there's no number, guys. Uh, Gears of War collection being tested now, it claimed. Insider, oh, this comes from Insider Gaming. Um, for a while now, Gears of War fans have been on the edges of their seats, waiting eagerly for news of the Gears of Gears collection, a much rumored, reportedly in development collection collection of classic Gears of War games recreated in Unreal Five. Recently, during an episode of the Infinite Podcast. It was claimed that the Gears collection is being internally tested by the Coalition, which has been creating Gears of War games since 2015's Ultimate Edition of the first title. So this collection is being referred to as the Gears of War Master Chief Collection because it's bringing together all the classic games. It's just because there's a lack of a name for this thing, so they're just calling it. Okay, 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 okay. Like, what? Yeah, right, right. Marcus collection or some shit. <laughs> so um, there isn't too much to be known about this collection. It is suspected they will include the Ultimate Edition, Gears 2, 3, 4, and Judgment Recreation. Uh, the information were circulated on Twitter by a user, Idle Sloth, following a captured clip from the Infinite Podcast during episode, which also claims surface, which also claims that 343 Industries has had in hand on working on the Indiana Jones game. So that's interesting as well. I, because right now, 343, I don't even think they're, I don't know if they're working on Halo right now because they've been in kind of a turmoil, tumultuous spot. Um, So, yeah, so them working on Indiana Jones game is probably just giving them work to do, which is cool, you know, giving the developers work. Yeah, the last thing they were working on was Halo Infinite, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was further claimed that the coalition continues to work on an all new IP away from Gears of War. So this is going to be interesting with our next news uh, item. But um, yeah, it's not at all known when the highly rumored Gears collection might surface. But if it's being tested now in a playable state and if those player play tests goes well, it could be delivered within the next few months. So I think it might be possible that this might be the one more thing that we'll see at the developer direct, especially if the plan is for this to come out this year. I think it's probably a good place to put that. And those fans want Gears content, and this is literally the ultimate version of the Gears content. Um, so 
The next news item is that Gears of War 6 gets exciting update. So I'm a little less likely to believe that this is the case. I think this actually, I think it's a possibility that this is a, this is a new IP that the coalition is working on and not exactly Gears of War 6. Um, so this comes to us by way of John DiCarlo. Um, where do I want to pull from? Where do I want to pull from? I'll just do that. Okay. So the Gears of War 6 developer development appears to be picking up steam after recent hires, suggesting big change for the franchise. So it seems that they are thinking that because the coalition is hiring up staff, that they're working on Gears. And it ain't gonna end well. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, they're just putting two and two together. And I think with yeah. the insider gaming um, article, it's like, if there's rumors that they're working on a new IP, it seems that it makes sense that they are staffing up to work on the new IP. And per rumors, this new IP is supposed to be a, or this next game is supposed to be an open world experience requiring expertise of new hires from established gaming companies. Uh, and then a leak suggests a potential. Uh, 2026 release date, making it the longest gap between mainline Gears games, and fans speculate on the fate of the main character Marcus Phoenix, which might be there's no future for hey, him. Hey, I'm gonna give him a future story. Coalition mm-hmm. Games, let's go of 150 employees in uh, oh, no. 2027. <laughs> After the game releases, <laughs> yeah, stamp, stamp it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's. The industry is in a weird place right now. We'll talk about that, though. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't really. Eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. But, yeah, um, I, I think the Gears of War collection actually might be the thing that happens as a surprise announcement this Thursday. All right. Number two, Nintendo Direct may be set for some time in February 2024. Sony State of Play in a few weeks. It's come from Twisted Voxel. Voxel by way of mm, Muhammad Al-Bari. All right. So, I mean, the, the title kind of says it all. Um, we are, there's a possibility that we'll get Nintendo Direct in February. Um, they're actually pulling from Jeff Grubb on the Bombcast where he said like, yeah, the, Nintendo normally has their Directs in February, so we'll probably get a Direct in February, which is like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the and this also pulled from Jeff Rubb where he says he expects the PlayStation to hold a state of play in a few weeks, which kind of lines up with what they do normally. So this is news in that, like you know, this is a person who looks at the industry and just kind of thinks they're gonna yeah, do that. So yeah, and I think it makes sense. I mean, the only. The only possibility I could see with PlayStation is that we had talked about their um, <clears throat> their like twenty uh, what games of twenty twenty four video they released a few weeks back, and my thing was like, well, it looks like they might be trying something new. It's possible that that could have been their quote unquote state of play, but in a different format than we we're expecting, and it's not branded as state of play, but it's like. These are our games that are coming out this year, guys. So we'll see. But 
I hope that there's a more like structured state of play to show and not just have that being a thing. Well, yeah, I'm I'm looking more so at uh the Nintendo stuff though. Even if they host their direct <clears throat> in February, I don't think they're gonna announce the Switch 2 there. I'm looking yeah. at when they announce this you know, the original Switch. They unveil it in October and it came out um in March. So that's like a five five month gap. Yeah. Seven seven months? Mm, you think they're gonna announce it that early? They may just no, do a, no. their own thing, yeah. Again, yeah. I, I think I think you're right on that because I think it's way too early to announce a Switch Two, especially when it's not coming out until you know more September, than halfway through. Yeah, so it's just like, well, how about we talk about whatever games we have for the Switch left to get as many sales on that? Yeah, because people would just wait, be like, ah, I'll just wait till I can play it on the Switch Two, or exactly. Know. Exactly. So yeah, so we'll see. Um, there's a possibility of a Metroid coming this year, but the question is, is it going to be a Switch Metroid? Is it going to be a Switch 2 Metroid? We don't know. It could be both. This one did, this one did for uh, Breath of the Wild, and that was hugely successful. So yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah, number three. T-Pain confirms he's working on GTA 6 says he can't play role-play in GTA 5 anymore as a result. This comes from IGN by way of Kate Bailey. So, in a live stream clip circulated on social media, T-Pain confirmed that he's contributing to a Rockstar to Rockstar's anticipated sequel, which was finally revealed in 2023. In the course of bringing T-Pain on board, though, although, it seems that Rockstar requested that he stopped role-playing in no pixel a popular GTA 5 roleplay server that runs on third-party servers. At least one fan noticed that T-Pain was no longer on the server and asked what happened. T-Pain responds and said, I used to be on NoPixel, then I started working on GTA 5, and they told me I couldn't do RP anymore because it kind of goes against, they had this whole speech like, what if someone took your album and re-recorded it and more people were listening listening to that and I'm like, okay, I kind of get that, but I was having a good time. All right, that's fine, says T-Pain. Um, I don't really understand what, this, what that means. I, mm. I, I think they're trying to say like, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I'm just going to continue reading, though. Uh, amusingly, Rockstar went on to hire the modding team behind Roleplay Server, including 5M and, and RM, Red M, which was an ironic, which was irony that wasn't lost on T-Pain. T-Pain says, then I started working on the game with them, and then they teamed up with the people that made the RP shit, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? What the fuck? <laughs> y'all, t- y'all tell me I can't do that shit. And then you team up with the people that enabled the, the RP. T-Pain's ain't yeah. laughing. Yeah. So. It seems like, you know, well, we know that GTA Rockstar is going to be, you know, more focused down on the roleplay stuff. It very much seems like T-Pain is <clears throat> in GTA 6. He might be, 
either in the role play part because he's already accustomed to that, or he just might be a character, or he might just be doing voice lines for one of the characters. Well, no, the news Hopefully, is that T Pain. You can do role playing on the consoles and not have to have a PC to. Uh... Hopefully, that's what they're aiming to do. Yeah, some of that shit I, looks fun, and I would sometimes like to do some of that stuff. It looks cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think it's going to be a thing of the, the the difficulty with role-playing from how I understand it is that you need people to be on consistently because people are supposed to be playing different jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, so if no one shows up, then Damn. it is kind of like, you know, what's happening like here. sounds like EVE Online with more steps. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we'll see. This is cool news though. Like it's great that he that T Pain is in GTA Six. Uh, he definitely belongs there. <laughs> yeah. Um, number four, three more Sega classics are set to make their return. This comes from Insider Gaming. By way of, and this also a Grant Taylor joint. Nope, Tom Henderson. All right. So, as we know, um, last year during the Game Awards. Sega announced they are bringing five games back. Um, oh, and, you know, I'm just going to read something new. The publisher announced five games that were in development, plus even more unnamed games, thanks to its and more end card in the trailer. It generally felt like the publisher was shifting its strategy and, to some, was genuinely one of the more exciting announcements from the event. The event being Game Awards. Um... But what about that and more end card? Well, Insider Gaming understands that around 10 Sega classics were greenlit from production between 2020 and 2021. The greenlit the green games including include the already announced five that were at the Game Awards, Just Set, Just Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Raids, and Crazy Taxi. So far, we've been able to pinpoint three of the five other games that were greenlit from this period and it's believed that more games have also been greenlit since. Speaking of sources, it's understood that Panzer Dragoon, Neon Genesis Evangelion, I don't know, and then Sakura uh, Tyson will all have new games and are all in the early stage of the one too. Sean, what do you think about this? I have never watched Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh... Or I don't think I've ever played Panzer Dragoon. Did they have a Neon Genesis game before? Uh, the Neon Genesis thing is like, I mean, it might have been a thing that it didn't get brought over to to America, but I, like, true, true, true. I, I never knew that. And Sakura Tyson, I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, but I'm right there with I'm, you. I'm I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy for all those. You know, <laughs> if only. <laughs> Another certain franchise would get some love like this. But it's okay. If only. I if need only. to learn I need to learn Japanese so I can write the uh the author. <laughs> hey man, with AI, you can do it. Easy. Yeah. So out of these three games, I think it's understood that Panzer Dragoon is probably the most famous. most popular. Yeah. In that if you don't know, Panzer Dragoon was a game where you ride on dragons. It was on rails and you were shoot things and it was a cool experience. I, I actually played a little bit of that on the Dreamcast at some point in my life. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. When will we get the CDs? I don't know. 
this is kind of a weird thing of Sega doing like a a cool shotgun approach where they're just announcing all these games now. There is no format for how we're going to get these games. We don't know if it's going to be like in some weird bundle or something. Like, I don't I know. They do that. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I, that that would be stupid of them to package all these games into like a. I just hope these aren't $70 games. I hope these are like $50, $60 games at max. Um, Yeah. We'll we'll see what they do with the games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, All right. Uh, We're going to definitely talk about this PlayStation 5 um, DualSense upgrade thing. But before we do that, hey, you, subscribe. Just do it. Period. You, you 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 can subscribe to the channel right there you can hit the like button right there and then you'll get a notification bell right there and then you just click those three things and it's like you did the thing you helped us out greatly appreciate it if you are listening you didn't see me point at the screen and do the cool thing and like nail exactly where those buttons are you can do us a solid and review the podcast leave us a five-star review please do it we greatly appreciate it um yeah of course the, the podcast service you're using like don't don't do like a Yelp review. We we don't. We're not on Yelp. It wouldn't help us at all. It might help us. No, nah, probably wouldn't help us. All right. Um, and of course, Discord. Jump into Discord. Our Discord's great. You can go there by going to pressx2start.com/slash/discord, and I'll take you right where you need to be. Um, yeah. Number five. Retailer list V2 PS5 DualSense with improved battery life. This comes from. VGC by way of wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. By way of Andy Robinson. All right. There's not too much with this, but it's kind of a cool thing. According to Walmart Canada listing, the new first party controller will come bundled with a dual sense charging station. It's wait, 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 wait. What did I miss? No, okay. Um Okay, um, I'm just going to restart. According to the Walmart Canada listing, the new first-party controller will come bundled with a DualSense charging station and sport exceptional 12-hour battery life, allowing long gaming sessions. According to the listing, the V2 DualSense will have the same price as a predecessor at $89.99. This is Canada bucks, of course. Um, so the conversion is about $67. So it'll probably be about $70 here. Um, that's yeah. Hoping it comes with the uh, charging station. Hopefully it's cheaper without. Um, I don't need a charging station. Whatever. Um, so, Sean, what kind of gamer are you? Are you the gamer that plugs in the controller or are you just kind of love it? go uh, so i have three controllers right now i got two regular dual senses and then a uh, dual sense edge. edge um mm-hmm. i have the charging station so i just have a rotating you know when one gets low um unless i just don't feel like doing that and i plug it in because i have a usb thing right where i'm sitting yeah um or shit, if something goes wrong, like I bought, I'm, I'm actually about to go swap out my controller at Best Buy because I bought the little uh, twenty dollar, uh, what the hell they call it, a uh, Geek Squad warranty. So oh. like, the, so like the, uh, the the sticks are drifting on one of my controllers. Mm. So I'm just go swap it out. 
There you go. There you go. Buy buy your stuff at Best Buy. It, it covers normal wear and tear. So yeah, boom. I I feel like I feel like we're just I guess yeah we're old gamers right. So we're yeah. used to having a cable attached to or like charging the 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 controllers because they know what happens if we don't charge the controllers. Yeah. Like. I think this is a cool this is a cool thing for the people who just like to play their games with uh, no restrictions. I mean, yeah, this this would be helpful for people who play all day, streamers, all that good stuff without having yeah. multiple controllers. Um it'll help me because I mean I have long gaming sessions. Yeah. For some like, our age, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. Let me let me let me let me take my opinion out of my head and just put it in the ether and be like okay this is a cool thing it, just the way that i play like my controller is either plugged in or after i'm done it's charging i have a long enough cable where i don't have to really like <laughs> length isn't an issue my guys you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah so it's just like all right cool um i'm actually having a problem with dual synth edge I, I, I haven't had an avenue of being able to um, really be able to to uh, express my grievances, but I guess either I am too rough on my controllers, which is just me holding my controllers, or something's happening with my controller. But the big ass the grips, hands, I feel sorry. <laughs> the grips on on the bottom part of the controller yeah. that's like the rubbery, mm-hmm. it's starting to bubble. And I'm like, uh, that might yeah. be like sweat or something, or maybe you just use yours more than mine. Mine hasn't done that. Um, yeah, like, but the thing is, like, my hands don't really sweat. And like, what's what's bothering me is that I've had the dual sense for less than a year now. Then go put in a claim. <laughs> see, if it, see if it covers oh, yeah, your right. stuff. Did you get it from Direct Sony? I think so. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll do that. Yeah, so it's just like, what, what's happening here? But yeah, um, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Uh, you know, shout out for them listening to people being frustrated about their battery life. I mean, it's very possible that we'll see this controller. I mean, it's probably just going to be a thing that happens. We'll see this controller in like the bundles and like in the pro version later this year, yeah. maybe later this year. So and so forth. Like, this will just be phasing out the old controllers because why not? Um, Number six, Spider-Man 2 received most nominations for 2024 DICE Awards. This is actually a cool thing because it's always a... We have the Game Awards, and we know that... Oh, this is by uh, Sophia McEnvoy. Uh, Mickey Boy? Whatever. Um, I think I nailed it the first time. So it's always an interesting thing between the Game Awards and Dice Awards because the Game Awards is usually, you know, consumer-focused, player-focused, whereas the Dice Awards is developer-focused. So the Dice Awards is usually, I don't want, the more important awards in that it is, it is an award show that is driven by the people who are making the games. and. Yeah. They have the most knowledge of like what these awards really mean. So 
with that saying, with that being said, Spider-Man 2 is leading the nominations. So the Insomniac Games title was recognized across nine categories, including Action Game of the Year. Action Game of the Year. What? No. Action Game, and then Game of the Year, and Game Direction. Remedy's Alan Wake 2 came in close second with eight nominations, appearing in Art Direction and Story. Baldur's Gate 3 scooped up seven nominations, while or with Neil Newbong, Newbon and Samantha Brart. There's an accent over the E, and I don't know how to handle that, so I'm sorry if I missed your last name. <laughs> uh, being recognized for the portrayal for Asterion and Karlak. Awesome. I don't know why Shadowheart's not getting any love, but whatever. Um, indie hit Cocoon received six nods. All Did right. you enjoy that game? I thought the game was cool. I just... It did the thing of, at the end... It was very much so like, this is a big brain ending. And if you don't get it, you're not cool. And it's just like, all right, guys, like what, what is happening here? Like I, I, it was one of the things where it's like, you're playing the game. Everything is kind of weird, but you kind of understand the flow. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, at the end, it's like, they just kind of go crazy with it. And it's just like, and it's not even like the, the, the gameplay goes crazy. It's the actual end cutscene is just like, yeah. All right, whatever, guys. Um, so yeah, like I, I had my fun with it. I'm, I'm gonna try that because I'm looking at their game of the years, and I'm surprised that Cocoon is up there with Alan Wake, Baldur's Gate, Spider Man, and Zelda. So, yeah, that's I'll try it. As a person that played like a majority of the games of the year, and Cocoon being up there, that's it. What? It's that's a what. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then all four games were recognized in the Game of Year category alongside the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which received five nominations. Um, there's not too much to be said here other than these nominations, but um, it is very interesting that Spider-Man is giving is getting all the love it deserves because that game is a technical achievement in so many ways that the normal consumer just doesn't realize like the fast travel system alone is like literally God tier. Like it is the fat, it's the fastest fast travel system in a game that big that we've ever had before. And it's using the power of the PS five SSD or whatever, but like still like that's a technical achievement. They, the, the whole venom world thing, which I thought was like insane, like, no one really talked about and i was like oh okay that's okay but like yeah i i think it's awesome that it's getting all the love here um i mean alan wake 2 i didn't really follow too much of it i don't do horror games guys i've seen stuff on it it looks amazing like the stuff they're doing to blend um gameplay with live action yeah it's really cool what'd you say put me in a phone play the damn game <laughs> nah i'm gonna continue being a punk. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, what, what do you think about these nominations? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't do much for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's fine. That's, fine, you know? that's understandable. Um, and then the one thing I'll say is that, like, I think Baldur's Gate 3 not getting 
I don't know, the most nominations being in like, I guess, third place for the most nominations means absolutely nothing because technically that game is just a CRPG, which there's nothing wrong with it. But like the thing that they're really pushing for that is like it's writing in the weaving of story and like that stuff takes skill, but I guess it takes technical skill too. Let me not let me not like belittle their accomplishments. It's a great game too. So good job, all you guys. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. The second to last story in a seismic update, Overwatch 2 pulls back from the team strategy and mechanics by giving every hero in the game built-in healing. This comes from Games Radar. That's a very oh. Thank God. What'd you say? I said this is very interesting. Um, so, like, what? The healers now just do whatever the hell they want? Yeah. So, this article comes to us by way of Austin Wood. Uh, so, essentially, what's happening here is I'm just going to read from the thing. And one of the. Actually, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Avery can really run it down mid without anybody bitching at him now. Mm hmm. Um, and one of the wildest updates I've seen from a competitive shooter, Overwatch 2, is giving every hero in the game their own built-in healing as part of an effort to reduce the dominance of team strategy and mechanics. Director Aaron Keller outlined the upcoming change will arrive in Season 9 in a new blog post. The seismic update is actually just one part of a massive set of gameplay and balance changes coming to that season, but it sounds like a huge meta shift in its own right. In Season 9, both tank and damage heroes will get a modified, tuned-down version of the support uh, self-healing passive, Keller explains. This will give non-support players more options in terms of sustaining themselves. It should also take some of the pressure off the support players to keep everyone alive since individual players now have more... Oh, shit, an ad. Thanks. More control of their own heal health pool. This is awesome. Like, what this is doing is we, we know that esports as a whole is failing. We know that the Overwatch League is pretty much gone at this point. So the developers are finally free to make Overwatch 2 fun. Mm. So, like, okay. yeah, like, it's... Essentially, esports was ruining the Overwatch 2 experience for the casual players because they they were building the game for the esports players and that requires that's not paying the bills. Exactly, exactly. It's not and, and and it's as I said it was ruining the experience for the people who just jumped on and played cuz it's just like, oh, there's rank play. And I, I rank play is fine, but it's like you have to be so super focused on your team because, you know, this is a competitive team shooter or whatever which you could be a competitive team shooter but also still be a fun experience and i don't i don't say this to say that overwatch 2 is not fun because i've i've when overwatch 1 jumped dropped i played years of that game overwatch 2 jumped i played a bit of it and it's like oh this is sort of like overwatch 1 but a little less than and it's like you can see the you can see the decisions being made to make it be focused in the like we have to make this super competitive, super competitive thing. It's just like, well, it's not fun. And I think 
giving everyone the ability to heal in some right makes I'm, the experience. I'm, I'm guessing if you just stop taking damage for a while, you just start healing more. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think with the support, they they have a heal over time thing. And I guess the other classes are going to get a reduced version of that, which great, great. Um, ooh, so in the last last bit of news, uh, 11 days. Well, this is out now more days into 2024. And 2,700 plus video game layoffs have been announced. This comes to us from Kotaku by way of Zach Zweizen. Mm-hmm. So this is basically just cataloging all the video game layoffs that we've had thus far in this year. And it's pretty insane at 2,700. You could just name the companies and the people. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so there is a artifact. I don't know who artifact. they are. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, January 4th, 2024. The first round of video game layoffs, as we know, happened in the VR games development developer artifact. Is it artifact? Archiac. Like Archiac. Yeah, you're right. There's no F there. Hmm. Uh, the company, known for its Doom 3 VR port, announced on social media that it had laid off an unspecified number of staff. Past that, we have Bosa Studio that laid off 19 people. Um, who are these people? Okay, so the people that was laid off was mostly QA and production roles, as well as some non-UK employees. Mm. Mm. And then Unity <clears throat> laid off 1,800 people. Um, they cut nearly 25% of its staff as part of continuing, a part of a continued reset at the company. Unity was going through some issues last year in terms of they were looking for money they tried to get it out of the users by doing some weird you pay for the download. Pay for install, yeah. Yeah, per install, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like this, it's insane. So they still need that money and they're cutting people to get that money, I guess. Which is interesting because how are they tracking that? Unless their games always had like a uh, report home feature. Probably. Or was the stores reporting that? Uh... Yeah, no, it would, it would have. I don't know. I have no idea. Good question. So Twitch lays off 500 people. Um, on January 9, 2024, Bloomberg reported that Twitch was preparing to lay off 500 employees by the end of January. Uh, this is about 35% of its total staff. The Amazon-owned video game streaming website uh, previously laid off hundreds of employees last year in March. And all of this says that it was preparing to, it was confirmed that they're, they're going to do that. So, yeah. Uh, we have Playtica laid off 300 to 400 people. Um, Toyota Mobile Game Publisher and developer Playtica plans layoff of the 400 employees, or about 10% of the company's total workforce. Playtica previously laid off 900 employees in 2022. Jesus. In 2023, the company agreed to pay up to 30, $300 million to acquire Interplay Labs, another mobile developer. And now they're delaying off with them. Just for and then Discord, the service that we use all the time, is laying off 170 people. Um, the no, no, there's another one. Uh, oh, yeah, 
the Verge reported on January 11, 2024, that a popular video game chat service or chat software developer Discord was planning to lay off around 17% of the company's total staff. The layoffs were announced in an all hands meeting and internal memo obtained by The Verge. CEO Jason Richmond explained in the memo that the company had grown quickly since 2020 and took on too many projects, meaning in the year of growth in the video games industry, a yeah. lot of these studios was like, all right. Everybody just overhired uh, during the pandemic, thinking that everybody was going to be home and they had no idea how long it was going to last. And yep. I'm seeing videos of people recording their calls when they're getting laid off. And a lot of call, you know, a lot of the upper management is basically telling people it is for performance reasons. Mm hmm. And a lot of the companies versus just saying yeah. what it really is because uh, they can't say that they overhired and took on too much because that looks bad to stockholders and investors. So exactly. they just lay off a lot of people because of performance reasons. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's absolutely just crap and it sucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So next up, we have Lost Boys Interactive. Uh, January 12th, Aftermath reported that an unknown amount of employees at Gearbox owned developer Lost Boys Interactive have been laid off. I believe they worked on the Tiny Tina mm. game, the, fa the fantasy game, I think. It seems the south portion of Lost Boys Interactive was laid off today, including myself, wrote Jared Pace. That sucks. A producer at the studio on LinkedIn. It's truly told aftermath told aftermath that layoffs affected all disciplines at all levels. That is, well, uh, and then fun, fun selector selector. Oh, there we go. There you go. Okay, thank you, Sean, with the uh, assist there. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, the Canadian indie studio behind Art of Rally announced on January twelfth that three developers have been laid off. On the grand scheme of three, three developers, not so bad. It sucks that they got laid off, but compared to the other numbers earlier, not not terrible. I guess it's terrible if the developer studio is like ten people. That'd be yeah, I was just like, uh, why are y'all even uh, reporting this? <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> um, they said they had to make some positions redundant, but they're shouting them out. They're telling people to hire them. I mean, like, I guess this wasn't malicious. They really just yeah. Really, you know, Sorry, they wanted to, they wanted to be in the news too. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, this sucks. And I think, you know, we're going to get we're probably going to keep getting more of this until the 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 industry has equalized in some way, because, yeah, like a lot of companies thought this was going to be a place of infinite growth because of 2020. But like they didn't understand that it was because everyone was inside. So no one had people didn't really have anything to do but to play video games. Yeah. So they just they capitalize on the success in obviously the wrong way. And it's just like, all right, well, you guys kind of screwed up. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So that's pretty much it for the gaming news. Um before we wrap this up, let us jump into the games we've been playing. Sean. Yeah. What have you been playing? So, you know, I try to check out all the uh PlayStation Plus games each month. Um, Evil West is on there. Uh, this is some weird 
Western supernatural cowboy game where you got, I didn't get too far to get all the different guns. I mean, so far, I think I got like a rifle, a six shooter, and you can throw them hands. Um, Mm -hmm. The game actually controls very well. Um, Apparently, this studio makes games that look mid, but perform and control very well. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna play through it. I think it's like a 15 hour game or so, depending on your skill level. Um, it's an interesting game. I will continue it. Um, secondly, a Plague Tale Requiem. Mm-hmm. The first game was free on PlayStation Plus. Uh, I think it was called Innocence, and I was surprised at how well I enjoyed it. I just didn't get around to purchasing the second game because there were just more massive games. Right. Uh, I haven't that came out around at the time, so I didn't end up getting it. But um. Looky, looky, my uh, patience paid off. You know, it came out for free on PlayStation Plus, and I am mm-hmm. also enjoying this. This is a ah, the the graphical improvements in the story. Like, I think the first one was maybe like a double A game. It had its kind of quirks mm-hmm. or whatever. You can see the improvements in this one, and I think it was nominated for a couple of awards. Awards, yeah. The year that it did come out, so yeah, it's a solid game. Two? I think 2022 I, I want to say um, and then the third game they have Nobody Saves the World uh, this is a I want to call it like an isometric kind of view okay. not quite top down not quite side scroller but you play as this nobody who I don't even know how you ended up where you end up but you wake up like in a is this a, a Kingdom Hearts thing a jail cell. Um, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Did you say nobody? <laughs> but um, apparently, like you wake up and like the wizard of the town is missing, and mm-hmm. you go there looking for work, and his apprentice is there, and the apprentice sends you basically to go searching for something, and you find a wand, and the wand just transforms you into. A rat, I think. I got a horse, a a <laughs> slug, an archer, um, a knight with a sword, uh, and I don't know how many other permutations you get, but I mean, you level these up, they all have different moves, and you just go into the game. Um, I don't know what to compare this to. It's just yeah, a, I'm looking at screenshots, and this looks ridiculous. It's in a ridiculous in a good way. Yeah, I mean, it has some good reviews as well so check it out see if anybody's interested in it um yeah this is all none of these games are over 20 hours of gameplay mm-hmm. i think this may be also like around 15 to 17 hours depending on once again on your skill level but they're yeah. all pretty interesting i'll probably be playing this until uh like a dragon infinite wealth comes out yeah and uh yeah. you know with a little bit of zombies on the side and apex legends Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the 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 art style in that game is pretty ridiculous. Like it's insane. Like it's super colorful. At least from what I'm looking at, it's like super colorful. It, it is. It is. It is. It has yeah. whimsy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. yes I think the first time there's like an a there's a uh, trophy for a it's a love trophy. You got to experience true love. And once you come out of a dungeon, there's a horse there. 
and you're supposed to transform into the horse <laughs> and you fall in love with the I don't know, this game is just strange, man. It has a nine <laughs> out of ten. It has a nine out of ten on Steam. Um okay. it has it has a high Metacritic rating, you know. Whatever. I love them horseplay, you know what I mean? Um yeah. so as for me, I played two demos. Um the Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown demo dropped. And I tried that first. And as a person who has been recorded in many podcasts to say that I don't know what Ubisoft is doing, Ubisoft is in trouble, their games need help. This is the game that's going to help them. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, right now, I think it's sitting pretty high on Open Critic and it's. Um, Review score because it's already been reviewed. It's at eighty-seven. Yeah, that's so strong for a side-scrolling like game in in this era. Like it is a Metroidvania game. If you don't know what that means, it's it's a big open map. Uh, you will re- you will reach areas that you don't have access to yet because you don't have the required power or you know the understanding of how to complete that puzzle to get to those areas, <clears throat> and then some point in time you will get access to those powers or to that know-how and then you can go back and unlock those areas and do more stuff similar to like hollow knight um okay yeah and like i the demo the game again hi i'm dj aka controls are everything to me and if the game doesn't control well i'm out immediately this game controls so well like the flexibility that you have in how you attack like your your combos and stuff it feels really good there's a parry system that also feels good and if it doesn't feel good to you you can increase the parry window and it's just like there's a bunch of accessibility options in this game that allows you to customize experience to however you want to play it there's difficulty settings of course and the only thing that seems to be lacking from it is the story but i think the gameplay makes up for it in every way. So I understand the 87 just off the demo that I played. I think oh, also to note from at least what I've heard, this the beginning half hour to hour is kind of slow. So if you get past that, you get some upgrades, everything just kind of gets better and better. But um yeah, it's 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 a it's a winner, man. Like I am interested to see. If it is, I'm interested to see what happens next. I think this is a studio that made what Rayman Legends or one mm-hmm. of the, they make the Rayman games and Rayman games are side scrollers. Um, like, I feel like I feel like you just kind of have them keep Prince of Persia and just keep doing stuff like this because this stuff is working. Because I my, my fear is that the minute they go open world, it kind of falls into the Ubisoft format where it's just like there's a bunch of stuff to checkpoint to check off and yeah. like do that stuff. So I think this is a really, really solid game. Um the second demo I played was Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. There we go. Titles boy. I just don't even so this game we've we've actually seen this game a very long time ago. And I was like, oh, wow, that looks cool. And then I saw Genshin Impact after. And I was like, oh, wow, that looks kind of like that other game that I saw, which was Grand Blue Fantasy. 
I'm going to play Genshin Impact. I'll play Genshin Impact for years. I'm like, oh, this is a cool game. So now we finally got Grand Blue Fantasy. And I have no resort but to compare this to Genshin Impact because they kind of play similar in that both games you get a team of four um, in that Genshin you switch in between the characters. So there's only one character on screen at a time where Grand Blue you have all the characters on screen all the time. Grand Blue is super, super, super pretty. I love the art style. I think the art style is really cool. Um, the character interactions are awesome because they're all, you know, on deck kind of thing. Um, and then they all have like super moves and then they have like a little quick cutscene of the person and then they do the move and it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, I think I enjoyed my time with the demo. I The gameplay was left me with something to be desired. I feel like there's a there's a dodge and there's a block. I was hoping the block would be like a sort of like a parry thing. If you get it at the right time, you do like a special block or kind of thing. Yeah, it's just a block. It's just there's nothing special behind the block. It's just you block. You don't have to. There's no window for you. Just block when things happen. The dodge is kind of cool. There's a lock on system. It's weird because I feel like all these parts should make for a good playing game, but it just doesn't feel that great for me right now. I mean, it could be a thing of like, I need to play it more to get more accustomed to like how the game flows and then I'll understand it better. But I even watched some gameplay online and they kind of looked like they were doing the same stuff I was doing. I was like, all right, so it just seemed like this might just be the game. It feels like it feels like you're doing more hack and slashing than thinking about what you're doing. Which it's nothing wrong with that, but that's kind of something of a red flag for me because you know what it is? It's because I played so much Dynasty Warriors as a kid that it went from, oh, I love this to like, I don't ever want to do this again. (laughs) Because all that is is just pressing square button, pressing square button, jumping, pressing square button, and then you do a super and then you just keep doing that. And it's just like, I, it made myself sick of doing that. And every time I get close to that, like my body immediately rejects it. Like, I no, I don't. No, no, no. Let me stop. I need to like, I want this experience to be like interesting to me. That's not just like pressing square. And I don't, I don't, I don't say that to say that that's what's happening in Grand Blue. Cause like you, you have special abilities. Like there's like a R1 square X triangle circle that does different things. You're doing more stuff than just pressing square. It just felt like, Maybe I'm playing this wrong because like I'm I am pressing square a lot and I'm not really doing a lot of damage. So I say all this to say that the demo was good. It's a really pretty demo that is going to be a massive uh, world for you to play in. It looks cool. If you know about Grand Blue, like if you're looking forward to it, definitely try the demo out before you get the full game. It looks cool. I, though, am at a place where, like you, Sean, I'm also waiting for um, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth and Tekken 8. So it's like, I don't really want to play a game right now because I don't want to get like, I'm actually trying to wrap up Baldur's Gate 3. I, I just don't want to. I just went back to it now. It's like, oh, this, and I'm at like the last part of it, their last third of it. So it's just like everything is like serious battles. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, how do I? What was the combos that I was doing in this game? <laughs> so it's just a whole lot of stuff. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much what's what's been what I've been playing. Um, yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think we nailed it. 
Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Um, all right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Price Tag Star Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Service you are currently tuned in on. If you are listening, if you're watching, please. I'm gonna do it again. Hit the subscribe button like right here, and then hit the like button right here, and then you go back and you hit the notification bell that replaces the subscribe button. You do those three things. And then you will be supporting us for the future. The future of 2024. It looks bright with your support. So support us, please. All right. Um, and then our Discord, you know, you just go to our Discord, the pressx number two start.com slash Discord, and they'll take you where you need to be. Again, we are doing a fancy critic with our uh, Patreons, not Patreons, our Discord peoples. I don't know, I don't know what to call them yet. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. So, yeah, that's it. All right. What was that? Bye. Hey, <laughs> y'all.